Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister at St. Paul's Episcopal Cathedral. Hi, I'm Charlotte Pressler. I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we are back for our Faith to Go podcast uh, the week of August 4th, um, proper 13 in year C. And we are back here, your new crew, David, Charlotte, and Maya, we're all back here. We're not together, of course. Uh, Maya and Charlotte, you guys are having a great time wherever you are. Could you tell the people where you are? We're in Coronado. It's beautiful and Mm. sunny, and we're in an office. So nice, so nice, so nice. All the different con- we've. I feel like we've done over the past month all the different possible configurations of the three of us being in various places, except the one where we're all together. That'll happen someday. We can go rogue and try that soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, so we are, like I said, in the week of August fourth, uh, proper thirteen in year C. And before we get into our gospel discussion, we need to check in. Uh, with this past week on Instagram. We had uh, an Instagram poll about last week's gospel, which, if you recall, was about searching and finding, asking and being given, and knocking and the door being opened. And we talked about prayer and the Lord's Prayer and, uh, you know, that, that combination of being active and then waiting. So the question we asked on Instagram this week was what is harder, uh, the knocking, the like taking up the like energy and courage to knock, to ask, or the waiting for the door to be opened? So, uh, like last week, we had an overwhelming favorite. And can you guys guess? Did you already look at it? Yeah, I looked. You already looked. So. <laughs> well, it came up. You know, it was posted. I didn't actively look for it. So. Well, for those at home guessing, if you guessed waiting, then you are right. Waiting won seventy five twenty five. Uh, what do you guys think? What would you what What would you vote for? I put knocking. You put and, knocking. Could you say yeah. more about that? Um, it's just so hard for me to ask for help. It's kind of a a pride thing where I think that I can do it on my own all the time, and if I don't, then I'm messing up. And I can prove to everyone that I can do whatever. And then also just that I'll be rejected if I ask for help. And it's hard to muster the courage to ask. Yeah. Charlotte, what would you say? I'm definitely the one with, that struggles with waiting. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I think, comes from a place of being a doer. Yeah. And so that long pause or wondering or being patient I can be really patient with other people. I can't be very patient with myself. Mm-hmm. So maybe it has something to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, the waiting's hard for me too. I agree. I think um I think I think uh I think both are challenging in their own right. But for me that kind of in between ambiguous, uncomfortable place, no matter how many times I experience it as like holy and life-giving and transformational it is also terrible and really really hard 
Uh, also, the song Waiting is the Hardest Part by Tom Petty has been going through my head uh, all week since I put that post up. Uh, you know that song? I yeah. do know that song. Yeah. Did you want to sing it for us? Waiting is the hardest part. It goes like that. And uh, <laughs> a shout out to uh, the late Tom Petty, who was from Gainesville, Florida, which is where I grew up in Florida, where I lived when I was a kid. We went to the same high school, different times, but Gainesville High School. Go you guys weren't games. classmates? No, we weren't, oddly enough. I'm not 70 years old. I know I sound it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thanks everybody for taking part in our Instagram poll. Keep an eye out on Instagram. Uh, make sure to go follow us at faith to go. We also wanted to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments about your week of faith discussions or reflections or stories from your week of reflection and discussion, we'd love to hear about those. You can direct message us through Instagram you can contact us through our website, www.myfaith2go.org, which is where you can also find all of those Faith to Go resources based on the gospel. And also you can email us directly, faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. So we are going to jump into the gospel uh, for this week, which is Luke 12, 13 to 21. So Charlotte is going to read it through. And then we are each going to highlight a point that we hope you take into your week of reflection and discussion. A reading from the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will put down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. So we are, uh, as you heard in Luke chapter 12, we have, we have ended our run of back-to-back stories from the last few weeks because we're jumping ahead one chapter from last week when we talked about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so Jesus is um, having this discussion with this, particular, this one particular individual and then uh, with the disciples and the people around him. Um, but just one thing to know is that this is, this is part of kind of a... This is the beginning of a longer teaching from Jesus about um, presence and anxiety. And he's going to talk about the do not worry uh, next and the, you know, consider the ravens and the lilies of the field and things like that. Well, the lilies of the field is from Matthew, but the same story from Luke. And so uh, this is kind of a, the beginning of a larger block of thematic teaching from Jesus uh, about 
about this kind of storing up and being aware of you know where we're putting our energy and resources and things like that. So um, that's all you need to know uh, for this week. So uh, Mai's going to have a little bit more context in her point, uh, which just happens to be the first this one. This one, so yeah. So go Maya. So um, I thought it was really interesting just right off the bat that this the p- context of this whole parable that Jesus says is when a guy asks him, he's basically like, hey, tell him to give me some inheritance. And I love Jesus's response where he said that he was not sent to be a judge or an arbitrator. And I feel like that very much differs from what I feel like or how I've also viewed Jesus at certain points. Well, how I viewed God, right? And it's interesting because he's kind of, he, 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 he responds with, you know, I'm not here to, to be a judge, to, to force him to do anything. Because judges, you know, they make rulings, they make decrees, and you must abide by those, those rulings. It's not just someone with their opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, like, you are binded, you know, you are obligated by law to follow what they say, um, at least in our modern day. And I think that he immediately follows that up. With a, with a teaching, he's like, well, I can't judge, but I'll say this, beware of greed. And then he goes on to say parable. And I think it just highlights perhaps why he had such an affinity for talking in parables because of their esoteric nature. And, um, you know, those who have ears, let them listen. You know, people hear, but do not understand. And they see, but they don't really see, you know. And I, I think what's cool about parables is that, you know, you can really draw your own meaning from it. And and what is the Holy Spirit revealing to you in this narrative? And so I just thought it was cool because it, it highlights that he didn't give him an explicit ruling that he was obligated to go share with his brother now. Mm-hmm. What that He didn't give him what the guy wanted, but he still gave him an answer. At the end of the day, you can, you can encourage people to do this, that, and the other thing. But it is only when, like, truth is revealed to them the way it is meant to be revealed to them that they might have a change of heart. Because whatever he prescribes the brother to say to him isn't necessarily what the br- brother needs mm-hmm. to be willing to give. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He offered guidance and opportunity, right? Like right. a way to relate mm-hmm. almost to what was required of him. Right, yeah. because what the guy was seeking was give me an official ruling, oh mm-hmm. Jesus of Nazareth. He's like, no. Wouldn't Friend. it be nice if that happened sometimes where you could be like, just tell me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tell sure, me what to do. Uh huh. I'm sure um, Peter, James, and the rest of them would certainly agree with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just tell me what's up with this whole kingdom of God thing, please. So. Yeah, and I think I think he's also. I do. I do. I do love that you're highlighting that because it's like that that kind of the spark of this whole thing that Jesus is going to this whole not a not really a rant but like kind of a rant that this diatribe of teaching that Jesus is going to go on is sparked by this very specific guy's person's question you know it's mm-hmm. like it is so it makes the teaching so personal that mm-hmm. and 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 reminds us that these things that Jesus is teaching aren't kind of like 
they're not they don't exist in a vacuum they're they're like very these universal truths that come about through particular interactions so that like the particularity of these stories is not is not meant to kind of bound this truth to that particular time and place but is like a window through which we see the the universal truth underneath it so that Jesus is talking to this one guy and at the same time talking to all of us and to all of those people at the same time. Right. right, absolutely. So point number two is mine today. And while Maya offered context, I want to visit a little bit with the first part of this reading, um, specifically where we get to in verse 15, which is, and he said to them, take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And this whole teaching on greed that we're getting here, I kept, maybe it's because this week for me has been a lot of lessons in gratitude. Um, The rector here at Christ Church in Coronado is retiring and heading on into the next chapter of her glorious life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it provides us with that opportunity to look back with Thanksgiving over what the last five years have been like. And I realized that if instead I approached it from a place of greed, of wanting more of, of what I need next or what I don't have, that that greed robs me of my gratitude. And by not having gratitude, then I'm not able to be in close relationship with God mm-hmm. um, because it's in being thankful for my blessings that I give my whole self to God um, and I come in closer proximity to him. So I find it really interesting in this whole parable and section that, you know, this the man is labeled as rich, but he is looking to be able to store more. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I'm going to build this big house a barn storage area for all of my grain. And then when I have stored all of this up, then I can rest, then I can be happy, then I can be grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, And he can't be grateful until he thinks that he has enough. But the reality is that when we are in relationship with God, that we already have enough, Mm -hmm. um, that we have an abundance of gifts through God, and that it's through that um, that we get to fully live. And we don't have to worry about how much time we have left or how much, how many things we have to live it. Right. And, and at the end of the day, when we have that mindset of when I do this, when I have this, then I can be happy, then I can rest, then when enough is never enough, mm-hmm. you know, temporal enough is not enough. It, 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 you get hungry again. You know, there's not that feeling substantial substance sustenance other than that that god provides Mm -hmm. so yeah i think there's also something about the the charlotte you said that it is like a a barrier to our relationship with god and i think that the jumping off point for the story is about a a, you know some sort of strife within a family and so jesus Mm -hmm. is also addressing the way that this the way that this kind of perspective on the world and on resources and on our own, you know, limited scarcity of resources is a barrier to our relationship with other people as well. Because in this mindset, one thing is that in this mindset, other people are just like vacuums for the resources that I need. <laughs> so uh-huh. if I'm living in this place, other people are, are threats to my 
ability to survive with the scarcity that I think I have, which is not real. It's made up uh, because there right. is this abundance that this person has. And not well, only, and, yeah. And greed comes from this place of fear, right? We, we talk about that a little bit too, the fear of scarcity, but also I think that fear of being in close relationship, both with others and with God, that a lot of what we do is when we feel vulnerable, when we feel scared, we put something in the way of that. Mm -hmm. um, and so if it is this greed for more stuff or if it is the worry about scarcity or if it is fairness, like I, I feel like part of this also is it's not fair. Mm -hmm. I've worked so hard for this. Why do I have to share it? Um, that all of those things are obstacles and barriers between relationships, relationships with each other and relationships with God. Mm -hmm. right. uh, so that kind, that kind of gets into my point because mine is towards the end uh, of the gospel and, and, and gets to something that you uh, started to go into there, Charlotte, which is that um, it's just like this idea of being this phrase being rich toward God was something that really caught my attention. And it's interesting because again, think looking at the the Greek behind this translation, this word toward God is a preposition that can also be translated as in or into or on or among. But there's something about it, like the the feeling of it is kind of about directionality, about movement, but also about belonging, kind of like belonging or or being inside of something, taking part in something. Mm -hmm. And and I really love that idea. And I think that's why they, they translate it as toward, because that kind of makes the most sense in terms of English grammar. But it's really like being rich in into God, kind of like being rich among God, being rich in God. And so it has this kind of implicit feeling of like living into our union with God. And I think in thinking about that, Jesus is setting up this, um, I think he's trying to highlight the difference between what it what it is like experientially to to live as if all these things that I have, all the things that I earn, all the things that I am and that I create are mine and living with this recognition. So going back to that gratitude that you're talking about, that all of these things are, I'm really taking part in things that belong to God, that it's like a share, it's a sharing <laughs> rather than an owning. And these things that you think you own really aren't yours at all. And actually, nothing is yours because everything is arising out of God. Everything is a manifestation of God. Everyone is taking part in this life that is God's and is ours, but is not ours alone. So that we're, what all we're doing, no matter what we have, no matter what we are, no matter what we've earned, no, none of us could do it by ourselves because everything is being kind of loved into existence by God, and we are just, we are taking part in that thing. And not only that, but the another place that I think he's pointing to this is in this phrase uh, where God calls the, the person a fool in the story. God says, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. Mm -hmm. And the actual, like a, a more literal translation of that this word demanded 
is actually like your soul is being asked back from you. It's like mm-hmm. I, yeah. you need to return your soul to where it came from. So, so that not, it's not like, oh, you did a bad thing, so God's going to take your soul away. But again, it's that everything, even this very soul that we think is ours, is actually came from God and is returning to God in this like big like, circle, you know? And, and that even this thing that we, that we think is us, that we think is my personal individual identity, this thing is from God as well. And I, it is just a participation of the life of God, that I am this individual manifestation of this kind of larger thing that's going on. Well, and that also brings to mind the language for me of like repent and return, right? Because yeah. like your soul isn't, this is, for me, I hear in that your soul is being asked back. Well, I think to a certain extent, it's being asked back to the course and to the cause that we were created for. You're called that, back. Yeah, that you've gone astray yeah. and please come back. Please come back to this yeah. place where, you know, you are more than the sum of the grain that you have stored. And and he asked of the man, he said, these things you have prepared, who's that, whose will they be? You know? So it really does directly contend with the question, like engage with the question of ownership and possession. Mm-hmm. This doesn't belong to you, right. you know? And, right. and right. these things are all temporal. Mm-hmm. And that if your peace like depends on any external temporal reality, then can it truly be peace? Mm-hmm. Because it can be taken away. All right, so that is our uh, three points for this week. Um, number one was Maya's. It was uh, delving into the context of this whole story about this one-on-one interaction with this person uh, coming to Jesus and the way that Jesus teaches through questions and parables and stories rather than black and white simple answers. Uh, number two was Charlotte's, and it was about this balance, um, This what Jesus is inviting us to, which is gratitude rather than greed, and the way that this kind of uh, um, attitude of scarcity can get in the way both of our relationship with God and ourselves and with our relationship with other people. And number three uh, was mine, and it was about this recognition that Jesus is calling us back to uh, that we are taking part in the life of God, and that it is not necessarily our it is not our own, but in a in a good way that we are manifesting you know our own unique individual special way of being in the world and yet also deeply connected and in, in union with God and the oneness of all things so uh, having heard that discussion, Charlotte is going to Read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through. A reading from the gospel of Luke, book 12, verses 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you. And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, 
you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those things who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week uh, to our Faith to Go podcast. Uh, make sure to go check out all of those Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Faith to Go and take part in all of those questions and polls that we post through the week. Uh, send us any of your questions or comments or stories of your week of faith discussion and reflection uh, to faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org, or you can contact us through the website or direct message us on Instagram. Make sure to go rate and review the podcast to help other people find it. And until next week, we say goodbye. Goodbye, Bye. everyone. Bye. Bye.